Welcome to Expert Views on Alternative Dispute Resolution, a podcast about simplifying ADR in a bit to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with these alternatives, mediation, arbitration, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. Uh, my name is Chiwe Ewunike Umebolu, postdoctoral fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom. I'm excited to welcome Professor Ofonze Amuchazi um, to the show. He is um, the Commissioner of Lands in Anambra State and the founding partner of Amuchazi Ozooko and Coal Legal Practitioners and Arbitrators. He is a senior advocate of Nigeria with 30 years of experience in arbitration, labor law, industrial relations, and constitutional review. Um, these experiences include legal advisory for the World Bank Group, the Nigerian National Assembly, and Senate and lecturing at the Namdi Azikiwe University and University of Nigeria, where he taught me legal methods. <laughs> he is a published author covering several articles on commercial, uh, on commercial and business law, focused on arbitration, foreign direct investment, FDI, and labor and industrial relations. Prof wears many hats, so I've left the link to his profile below. Thank you so very much for, com for coming on the show, Prof. Thank you, Chinwe. Good morning. Happy New Year. Wish you the same. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, so without wasting much of your time. So question one is um, from your experience, because um, I know you've practiced in different jurisdictions, um, how far has ADR been able to enhance access to justice in Nigeria? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think one can safely say that um, ADR is beginning to, as well put it, beginning to enhance access to justice in Nigeria. Yeah. And I can use it as a It's where I also practice as a, an example. Um, over the years, awareness or the use of ADR was quite low, but I think at the moment, awareness has grown considerably. And both litigants and lawyers have realized the importance of resolving disputes via ADR. And there are a lot of disputes that should and can be resolved via ADR yeah. uh, instead of spending all the time we spend in courts. And I think the awareness has really increased. And so I will say that, yes, ADR has enhanced access to justice yeah. in Nigeria, what's a particular reference to Enugu states mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. We have a long way to go. Um, because, of course, you are aware that it's a new phenomenon as it were in, in a country, albeit in, in the states here. And that's why there's a tendency for pushback people who still believe in doing things the traditional way. Yeah. But time goes on, um, I think people will begin to key into the need and importance to resolve ADR, to use ADR to resolve um, disputes. All right. Oh, thank you so very much for that. So, um, is there any measurable difference or impact on the cost and time frame um, for settling disputes under ADR compared to litigation? Yeah, I think so. Um, cost, yes. Time frame, yes. Um, but you know, basically, it will depend on how you look at it. Um, most people see ADR as all other forms of ADR, excluding arbitration. But when it comes to arbitration, um, if you decide to regard arbitration as an ADR, the costs can be quite enormous. 
But in terms of the time frame, it's much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know the problems we face with litigation in terms of uh, the preliminary objections that we file, etc. I'm moving up the ladder to the Court of Appeal and the Supreme Court and back to the High Court, as the case may be. Yes, the difference in terms of impact on cost and time frame, in my mind, is quite substantial. The problem, however, that we still face is that many practitioners now see ADR as a first step towards litigation. Hmm. So that perception needs to, even for arbitration, where I've done quite some work, a lot of, a lot of practitioners see it as a first step towards litigation. Hmm. And then they, they, they advise their clients, oh, don't worry. Once yeah. they're through, we're going to go to court to set aside the award. Yeah. Of course, that's that the entire process. And that's why, going back to what I said earlier on about the need for enlightenment, it's growing. Yeah. The awareness is growing. Yes, ma'am. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing. I'm sure in no distant time, um, a lot of people will begin to um, rely on ADR to resolve the disputes. Well, it goes by nature. Uh, that's part of our challenge. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. we want to prove a point to somebody, but eventually we'll get there. Yeah. So, impact on cost, difference, impact on cost, yes, yeah. time frame, yes, time frame especially. And um, because you save a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, so far, so good. Um, yeah, we're getting there. Nigeria. Because uh, in other jurisdictions, like in the UK, they, you know, people are more aware and the lawyers as well are more encouraging. Um, for disputants to utilize ADR, so yeah. yeah, but you know, you know, part, part of the challenge we have here, and that's yes. why, and awareness is growing amongst practitioners. Yes, sir. for awareness amongst the public. Part of the challenge we face here is that you know there are times when you resolve a matter via ADR, and the litigant feels they haven't done anything, mm-hmm. and it just feels, oh, why? What? I mean, how much time did you spend? Mm-hmm. And so, why should I pay you X, Y, Z, or ABC? Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of the lawyers also insist, um, say, no, well, let's go through the whole litigation hog. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get the clients to pay more, your fees more. when they are caught. Okay. Yes, but I, I, I think as, like I said, as time goes on, even the, the litigating public is also becoming tired of unending litigation. I'll give you a simple example that is very prevalent, um, not just in Enugu, but all over the country. Yeah. And that has to do with recovery of premises from a tenant, residential premises yeah. or commercial premises. Mm-hmm. You still see cases um, that could be in court for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Mm-hmm. Just recover a premises from a tenant. Mm-hmm. But way from the time I started my, my practice as a young lawyer, I know one of the things we did in the firm where I was all those years. Our principal would tell us then, look, and once the landlord wants his house, he has to get back his house. Yeah. So all you need to do is to negotiate with him and agree on a timeline. Oh, give me one year and then you answer, enter a consent judgment. Of course, we don't have to go to court to get a consent judgment entered. And that was much faster than going through the whole hog of litigation and trying to prove whether you said the notices, etc. etc. Yeah. So these are one of the areas, I mean areas are areas where I think once we begin to explore the use of ADR, then we will also be able to congest the courts. Hmm. Our courts are You're right. congested and our judges are really overworked. Yeah. So we can leave the courts to deal with more important um, matters. Hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So, um, so our employees or workers um, are aware of um, ADR options regarding disputes or conflict that might arise at the workplace. I would say yes. I, I was once at a seminar where what we discussed was um, the arbitration of employment yeah. disputes. And the question arose, speaking of arbitration now, whether we could uh, arbitrate employment disputes. Mm -hmm. um, also goes to ADR, as it were, depending on how we understand it. I think that the practice is that many in the workplace, a lot of employees or workers make use of ADR mm. to attempt to resolve whatever disputes they have with their employer. Most of them go to court as a last option because you know as well as I do that um, wages are not particularly um, high in Nigeria. So most will prefer to resolve other disputes they have via ATR than approach the courts. It's when it becomes impossible or difficult sometimes to reason with employers who sometimes believe that they have the upper hand mm -hmm. that they are forced to consult a lawyer and then um, take them out to court. So yeah. is that awareness there? Yes, it is there. It is, yeah. it I know is. from my, my practice, a lot of, when they come to tell you their stories, they also let you know the attempts that were made mm -hmm. at mediation, at negotiation, even sometimes going through the trade unions. Hmm. You find out that it's not in all cases that trade unions rush to court immediately. No, they always want to negotiate. Mm -hmm. They want to mediate. They want to yeah. have discussions with the employers. Mm -hmm. The court is always uh, the last option. Mm. So the awareness is there. Yeah. Okay. Uncle, how about the private um, private companies, private organizations? Are they aware? Yeah, I think. Yeah, everyone is aware. I think it just varies. You know, it's inherent in even in our traditional means of. Uh, Resolving disputes. Yeah. For most private companies, again, even when there are disputes, you see the workers attempt to discuss. Hmm. But it depends on the kind of company. For the large, what I call the large private companies, yeah. of course, these processes are embedded. But for the one man companies, one man businesses, where um, the owner is all, I mean, they can be very brash in, in the way they deal with their workers. Yeah. And somebody wakes up one morning and says, I don't like your face anymore, I leave my employment. Of course, they don't have a choice but to leave. And then you then have to go to court to uh, ask for damages. Of course, you can't get, uh, you can't be restated for obvious reasons. Yeah. So that's the, that's the way it is. But the awareness is there. It is there. Okay. Private companies, public companies, awareness is there. Okay, thank you so very much. So to what extent um, are employees encouraged to use ADR to settle discrimination, harassment, or bullying in the workplace? Um, well, I think that will depend on my own view on the, um, on the organization. Mm. But I, I do know that, of course, there are matters that cannot be tolerated when it comes to sexual harassment, um, when it comes to, to bullying. Mm -hmm. But you also find out the typical Nigerian way of doing things that even when an employee is um, accused of bullying a fellow employee, um, you also find out that school coming to try to mediate and resolve. The rather you resolve it in-house than uh, 
than uh, than go outside and go to the police yeah. or than go to 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 take up an action in court. Of course, you have to go to the police first and foremost. Yeah. So I think it's quite widespread. Um, discrimination, well, you see cases now from the industrial courts um, yes. dealing with matters of discrimination or harassment in the workplace. They weren't as frequent as they are now because before the industrial courts um, became a court of record, and it was difficult getting justice um, for such matters. But right now, the industrial court is up and doing, and such matters are um, resolved at the court, pronouncements are made by the courts. Mm -hmm. But employees, even without a deliberate policy, usually prefer to adopt the ADR option of not wanting matters to leave the office premises, mm. the traditional premises, they want to resolve it in-house. Everything. Yeah. All right, thank you so, so much. You know, you know, but yeah. of course, you know, sorry, you know, a lot will depend again on that. I mean, if it's sexual harassment, you don't expect um, the, the victim to want to resolve it via ADR. Mm. Um, a lot of cases now there is sexual harassment at the workplace, yeah. I went to the industrial court, and the court has made um, definite pronouncements okay. on such matters. Because mm -hmm. such matters, of course, I will encourage the person who um, has been uh, harassed, harassed to do the appropriate thing. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. and and we go to court. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um. So um. In your experience, who contacts mediation services? Employee, employer, trade union representative, representative, representative. Sorry. Well, you know, right now we have the ADR center, which yeah. is part of national industrial courts, and uh, there are two approaches. People could walk into the center to resolve their matters other matters mediated upon, which is always rare. Yeah. And people could also um, be referred to the center by the judge yeah. uh, before whom a matter is. Um, but I had done some, so done some work on that. And what I found out was that, yes, the judge may say, this matter you can resolve out of court. Why don't you go and attempt to resolve it at the ADR center? Inevitably, I have found out from my, my studies that um, the client might be willing, the litigant might be willing, yeah. but sometimes it's their lawyers, mm. the lawyers who do not encourage them. For mm. instance, I mentioned earlier. Earlier. Uh -huh, because sometimes the lawyer is afraid mm. um, that if it's resolved via ADR, it doesn't get its full fees, its, 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 its complete fees. Mm. Uh, so he doesn't encourage the litigant to adopt the ADR option. Mm -hmm. However, um, you also have cases where, yes, lawyers who are um, well-versed in ADR, that's one of the things we do in my office. Mm -hmm. we, we, we try to advise you on the options available to you mm -hmm. and advise you to try the ADR method first, option first, before you think about going to litigation. Mm -hmm. But unlike the client where you are, of yeah. course, you know that sometimes when you adopt that approach, you find the client who thinks that maybe you don't know what to do, or you're yeah. afraid of going to court, or you just don't have the liver. So a lot depends on how you assess the client before you. It depends mm -hmm. on the advice you give. But basically, we give you that advice. It's your choice to make. And when you insist that you want to go to court, then we don't have, the, we don't have an option. So I think that, um, so for the industrial courts, 
Of course, the services are conducted by trained officials at the ADR center. Yeah, okay. Of course, you also have what I call an informal ADR, you, you, which we have in workplaces. Sometimes you don't have to go to the courts within the organization there. Yeah. Um, most organizations in the handbook have provisions for resolving certain disputes via sometimes the uh, human resource department, mm. depending on the kind of matter at stake. Okay. So it all depends. And of course, like I said earlier on, there are times, especially where a lot of workers are involved, the trade union steps in to protect the interests of its members. Members, okay. I, my state, yes, in my state at the moment, we have um, a matter we're trying to resolve. Mm -hmm. I am out of court. We had um, a committee, what we call um, committee of the state executive council, um, comprising the attorney general, the special advisor on legal, myself, and two or three other lawyers who are part of the executive council. And we are negotiating with the trade union, trade negotiating with the state on behalf of its members. Mm -hmm. So we are talking, we are having some mediation and to resolve the dispute um, out of court. Yeah. And the trade union is the one negotiating on behalf of its members. And we yeah. make substantial progress. Oh, wow. Now, when you said my state, is it what, which of them are you referring to? Is it Anambra or Enugu state? Anambra state. Anambra, okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, so, what are the motivations of employer, um, um, employers, whether, um, whether trade unions are generally supportive of mediation processes? I believe everyone is. Hmm. Trade unions, employers are supportive. Yeah. I mean, for one obvious reason, no one wants an industrial unrest. Hmm. Of course, we know how that affects the workplace. Um, I mean, we saw what even happened with um, the ASU strike and how that affected universities and students. So by and large, employers, as well as trade unions, are all supportive of the mediation process or the use of ADR to resolve disputes. Yeah. Again, that's why if you look at the Trade Disputes Act, Session 20, it tells you the steps you have to take before eventually um, you decide to go to, to arbitration, you can request arbitration by the minister, yeah. or even as in this case, some matters before you even get to the industrial courts. So the mm -hmm. law recognizes also that it's important that you make every attempt possible, every attempt, every uh, attempt at resolution of the disputes via ADR. The trade unions, from my experience, are always prefer ADR than going to litigation. Mm -hmm. Because litigation can be very, very, very long stretched. And as long as litigation is there, it takes quite a long time to get a final resolution. So mm -hmm. as much as possible, they will prefer to uh, resolve it via ATR. Yeah, OK. All right, thank you. Sorry. Um, why does the Trade Disputes Act prohibit um, disputing parties from bringing their grievances directly before any arbitral body without consulting with the Minister of Trade and Industry. Well, you know, the Trade Disputes Act is a relic of uh, um, the old, it's been there since the 1970s, I think. No, but well, I, I do know that. Um, mm, no, that's, that's, that's a process ongoing now okay. to um, amend the Trade Disputes Act. We have what we call the Labor Standards Bill. 
and uh, as part of the team that worked on that video Aww. with the um, Agenda Congress, I think the aim is to have every labor-related um, every labor-related uh, legislation in one act. Yeah. I know oh. a lot of work was done on that. I don't know if it's gone to the National Assembly, but I know mm -hmm. the Minister of Labor was particularly keen on seeing that um, the bill goes to the National Assembly. So when the amendment comes out, hmm. many of these uh, provisions, which were not, many of the provisions came into existence when we were under military um, rule. Yeah. And many of the provisions, of course, would not be found in the new um, acts whenever it comes into existence. Yes, and that's why, because that's why the IAP as a body also uh, sometimes has been accused of not having sufficient independence. Hmm. And that's why yeah. Yeah, you see the trade union refuse to go to the IAP sometimes to rather um, go straight to the industrial courts to ventilate their grievances, um, which they are entitled to do. Hmm. Except okay, okay, okay. Sorry, what's the um, IAP? Is um, the industrial um, arbitration panel or something? Can you? Yeah. 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 Industrial okay. arbitration panel. Panel. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I think I think that. Um, this was this uh, provision flowed from the kind of government we had at the mm -hmm. time when yeah. it came into existence. Uh, so, but when the new amendment comes up, many of these things, not just these, there are several other provisions that I know would not see the light of the day. Mm. Okay, thank That's you. also why you find out that the, 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 the minister is quite powerful, and um, so he has the power. If you look at the IAP. That one has to go to him, he has to decide before it's published, etc. Those are that's not the feasible sense of arbitration. Mm -hmm. But once the amendments are, are, are out, all those provisions wouldn't be there anymore in the new um acts that we're going to have subsequently. Okay, okay. So because you've answered the, the next question, but I still have um this okay. question that you need to um, um touch on. Do you think parties are under pressure to settle um, their disputes due to the minister's undue interference or influence in labor disputes? Uh, I, I think so. When trade unions are involved, of course, you know that one of our trade unions decides to go on strike mm -hmm. or take disputes, and the pressure will always be there. Mm -hmm. um, no minister, no government want, we want workers to uh, cripple the economy. So naturally, the pressure will always be there to um, settle um, as quickly, as amicably it puts, as mm -hmm. they can. Mm -hmm. A lot will then depend on the ability of the trade unions to negotiate mm. effectively with the employers or with the federal government, as the case may be, um, in respect of the matters that are in dispute. With the pressure always there, yeah, yeah I, I believe so. But mm. of course, you know that once services are shut down, you know the impacts it will have on the economy. Mm. And I would ask to strike as an example, you yeah. saw what went up, yeah. all the processes, it went. And it's had a long lasting effect, which it took quite some time to, to wither off. Mm. Okay. So does it mean that? Um, some some scholars would argue that that's no longer ADR if people are under pressure to settle their disputes.
That's the like it's yeah. Yeah, because if, if it's um, it's meant to be a voluntary process, you know. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, you know, um, it's meant to be voluntary. It yeah. is voluntary, yeah. but of course, even you you know, even for um, even when parties decide to explore ADR to resolve a matter rather than go yeah. to court, mm -hmm. you still have a, a person by the side who try to encourage them. Sometimes you try to pressurize them yeah. into letting go of the matter. Yeah. So, however you look at it, inevitably, you have some form of, it depends on the kind of pressures now. Are there blackmails? Are there threats? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. How free are they? How free are they to um, say we are going into this negotiation um, without any form of? Uh, but I think that I think the Nigerian, yes. our Nigerian workers, the Nigerian trade unions are quite strong. And I don't think they capitulate my my view um, yes. that easily to to the kind of pressure mm -hmm. until they get what they want. Once in a while, yes, they don't get exactly all they need, all they want, and then they bow. Of course, mm -hmm. you also remember there's the public opinion. Yeah. I will also also force them to to negotiate. Mm -hmm. And we saw all that after strike when yeah. eventually the Matter went to court as it were, and the decision yeah. was given. Pressure was on us not to appeal. Yes, sir. Public pressure, pressure from parents. It does happen. And mm. they have to succumb. They didn't want to lose the sympathy of Nigerians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank so I'm you. I'm just wondering whether the matter has actually been fully resolved. I, I hope it doesn't come up again. Mm. Because there are still a few. Um, um, what I call unanswered questions, which the president of ASU referred to the other day. And um, but I'm sure I want to believe that sessions are still ongoing result, to yeah. get all that mm -hmm. result. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much. So um what do you think are the main motivations of the federal and state governments um in encouraging this form of peaceful resolution industrial relations? I said a few minutes ago, no one wants a disruption in the in the system. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I think that as time goes on, our, our leaders need to be more sincere and honest. You know, when we're negotiating with trade unions, yeah. uh, government at all levels, whether it's the federal government or the state government, needs to be a bit more sincere and honest yeah. in dealing with um, trade organizations. Especially where agreements have been made, it's been nice. That's why sometimes when these problems come up, yeah. so when negotiations are ongoing, it's been nice not to agree on what is not practicable. Mm. That has the pain. If you agree on what is not practicable, tomorrow the we problems will will come up. Zone, yeah. Because after a while, you realize that you cannot. You are not in a position to meet obligations. And of course, the other party will say no, it was voluntarily entered into. And that's where the problem starts. Sure. So I think nobody wants, nobody likes a disruption yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So whether it's the federal government or state government, I know that I believe they're all supportive of the process. And whatever such process, such, such disputes are resolved via ADR yeah. than through litigation. Hmm. All right, thank you so much. Okay, I'm looking at the time now. So, um, uh, 
the trade unions um, generally su supportive of working relationships with lawyers and law firms in settling collective disputes, overpay and working conditions. Yeah, I would say working um, relationships. I wouldn't say with lawyers and law firms. I think trade unions yeah. prefer to negotiate directly. Oh, okay. On behalf mm. of the members. Mm. Yeah, they don't, the time when the, the law firms come in or when a lawyer comes in is when, um, more often than not, when the schedule break down and then you, you, you need to, you okay. want to go to court. Again, they could also be in court and now want to resolve again, go back and attempt settlement out of court again. That's when the lawyer has a role to play. But at that, at that point, he, um, he is the one who is conducting the case. Mm. Of course, with the permission um, of his uh, clients, he can then negotiate on behalf of the union with mm. the employer or employer's organization. Mm. But at the initial, the unions usually handle the things internally and they negotiate with the employers before the issue of going to lawyers arise. Okay, all right, thank you so much. So, Uncle, what do you think, um, why is MADR more prevalent or, pop, or popular in the developing, um, in the developed countries than it is in the developing countries? Well, I, I'll say they've been practicing that over the centuries. Hmm. Of course, we have been practicing it, we do practice ADR yeah. um, customarily. Yes. Uh, that's why we still say we have customary arbitration yes, in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the what I call the formal practice that we have now has been over the years. I, I don't think we've done badly um, in the country as a whole. The awareness has really grown. And I think as time as time goes on, people will still realize the need and importance not to resolve every matter or every dispute via litigation. Again, that also calls for awareness on the part of the employers. Yeah. I do know that in Nigeria at the moment, there are quite a number of um, um, societies, organizations. You have the institutional and conciliators, you have the arbitration, NICAP, you have CIP UK Nigeria branch, all are geared towards promoting the use of arbitration and ATR yeah. as alternative litigation. Hmm. And as this awareness grows, um, I think in the next uh, decade or less than a decade from now, I believe we're going to have more matters, quite a number of matters resolved here ATR. And lawyers will also begin to understand that you actually make more money that way. Mm -hmm. um, because when you paid your fees, yeah. you have just a short time frame. Isn't a short time frame? Yeah. Matter is resolved, and you can move on to other things. And also, the public will also understand the need to also pay lawyers. Mm -hmm. The problem we still have today is that sometimes the, the public find it difficult, litigating public find it difficult to pay a lawyer um, who has a, um, um, conducted mediation services on his or her or its behalf. And more often than not, you know, as a society, people feel, what have you really done? You haven't done anything. So why should I pay you XYZ? or ABC. Mm -hmm. But I think as the awareness of grows, yeah. the public will understand the need to ensure that lawyers end their, their, their dues. 
Mm-hmm. And that way, it will help the practice of ATR growth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you so very much. So, final question is: um, um, is um, what is the way forward for mass advocacy or awareness of the benefits of utilizing ADR? Um, I think you just made the point. Mass advocacy. We need to, like we do in the universities now. Mm-hmm. ADR is taught in the universities. Yeah. Um, several years ago. Many investors are not offering arbitration or ADR yes, and courses, but many universities are doing that. Hmm. Maybe we thank to also cascade down to the secondary school, um, uh, tertiary secondary school level. Hmm. Yes, where people become aware because as they become aware, as they grow, they take the message along with them. Hmm. They also become aware of the importance and need to use ADR to resolve not all, but many kinds of disputes that really shouldn't go to court. Yeah. So that mass advocacy, that training, um, it's very important. Yes. And I would say there is need to also include in the curricula of the universities. Yeah. Um, I think practically every university in Nigeria now, five, six years ago, it wasn't like that, but practically every university in Nigeria now offers <laughs> arbitration and ATR as a, as a, a course, one of the elective courses. Yeah. And when we get down to the scholarship school level, that will also have to grow the awareness. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm wondering why it's still not compulsory, you know, yet. And even um, in law school, in law school, I, I don't think they teach it in law school in Nigeria. I think that they do, but it's not oh, um, yeah. you know, you know the way law is very vast and then yes, you have of course the the compulsory courses, which you know yes, you sir. have to offer. But look at some of those courses from your first year to your final year that you have to offer. Now, um, critical um, courses, you can't um, afford not to um, have knowledge about. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it will be to make it compulsory in the sense that, yes, you'll attend classes, but you may not have to write exams. Mm. And then find ways of ensuring that attendance is uh, is uh, compelled. Yes. That will be one way. I know there are institutions, universities, I know about two or three that insist that you have for lot of them that you have to come for the lectures, even if you're not offering it. Mm. So that would be one way out of it. Yes, but yes. Because, of the, because of the workload, which you know, I, I'm sure making it, adding it again to... Yeah. It's quite heavy. Yeah. It's quite heavy. Yes, but I think the interest is going. For example, in, in my university, I teach arbitration, and because uh, um, before I left for this assignment, like I had a class out of a student population of about uh, two hundred, there were about mm-hmm. oh, uh, just wow. about uh, twenty offering arbitration, just twenty. Just twenty. Oh. You know? But oh. again, but you see them. You know what happens when students get to school? They want to go for the quotes, the A courses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> So I'm more interested. Where will I get my A? Because I don't want to mention. Where will I get my A? Yeah, very strategic. So you have just about twenty people of who say I really want to know about this and yeah. you come for lecture. So, but with time, I'm sure it's a yeah. gradual process. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Uncle, thank you so very much for you know bringing our time um, out of your busy schedule to come on the show um, and also highlighting. 
um, intricacies of um, 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 selling disputes um, via ADR um, with um, with um, Enugu and um, Anambra State as a case study, you know. So this is like a, a masterclass because this is the first time I'm having to you. Um, someone on the show talking about two states in Nigeria. So um, thank you so very much for throwing more light on this subject matter. And yeah, I hope um, I would also invite you some other time to talk on other issues bordering workplace conflict because I have some questions, but it's I know it's going to take much of your time. So thank you so very much for coming on the show. And um, yeah. Um, to my listeners, thank you so very much for your constant support. Stay tuned, same time for ADR and um, workplace conflicts, Nigeria perspective. All right, bye bye, Uncle. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, cheers.